With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. He's a good fighter. He makes great fights. I know in this fight, when Doctor Don't Stop, I win this fight. I win this fight by point, you know. You can see my fight record. I can knock in first round. I can fight this last round and knock him in 11 or 12 rounds. I want rematch. When when doctor stop stop the fight, I won't fight again. I show for everybody I can be lose. Boxing Asylum listeners and welcome to another edition of Punches from the Past where we delve into boxing's rich history and discuss the fights that really mattered. I'm not your host Steve Wellings, this is an open panel discussion for which I'm joined by David Lee 
Andy Patterson and Kurt Ward to discuss the fight between Lennox Lewis and Vitali Klitschko. Guys, don't forget you can catch our previous episodes on the two De La Hoya Mosley fights over on iTunes, Tumblr or directly through the Facebook page. And while you're at it, please subscribe to the Asylum channel on YouTube where we run regular live shows every Sunday evening. Now that's all out of the way, it's uh, time to head back in time to the 21st of June 2003. And the Staples Centre Los Angeles, where Lennox Lewis edged his way past Vitaly Klitschko via a sixth round stoppage. Our very own David Lee is now going to fill us in with the, the background, a little bit of the background and what was going on before the big uh, heavyweight showdown. Over to you, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Steve. So, as you mentioned, uh, this fight took place on June 21st, 2003 at the Staples Centre. Uh, now, just uh, as I said, a bit of background behind this. Uh, the original plan, actually, for this date was a pay per view doubleheader featuring Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson in separate bouts, uh, with Lewis fighting Kirk Johnson and Tyson fighting Oleg Maskev. And if both Lewis and Tyson had won their fights, uh, they would meet uh, later that year. Now, last in all this was the aforementioned Vitaly Klitschko, because uh, Vitaly was the number one contender to Lewis's WBC title, and both men apparently had signed a deal in December of 2002 to fight in April of 2003. However... In January of 2003, Lewis announced his intentions of fighting Tyson. And, and let's be honest, it was a highly cynical mismatch that was unwarranted based on the first fight. You know, okay, the casual audience might want to see Lewis Tyson because, you know, those two, those two names together would have sold. But everyone who watched the first fight knew there was no need for a rematch. But it was <coughs> all motions go. It was all set to happen in 2003. Now, obviously, this didn't set well with Vitaly or his team. And Universum, or Klitschko's management company, they threatened legal action against both Lewis and the WBC. Lewis, on the other hand, issued a countersuit against Vitaly and the WBC for, quote-unquote, brokering a deal together for Lewis to defend his WBC title and Klitschko. Because Lewis's contention was that, you know, he had a contractual, ob contractual obligation to fight Tyson in a rematch, and a Klitschko fight would have interfered with that. But, you know, if that was true... Why did he see, why did he sign a deal to fight Klitschko in the first place back in December of 2002? You know, so that didn't really make sense. Now, in between all these threats of suits and counter suits, Tyson, in the meantime, had backed out of the whole deal. Uh, he wasn't going to appear on the June 21st card. He didn't sign that contract, and he was no longer planning to fight Lewis at all. Uh, there was rumours that actually Don King, believe it or not, played somewhat of a role in that. Uh, himself and Tyson had been involved in a lengthy lawsuit around that time period. And they had managed to come to some sort of agreement. And I remember reading at the time from Team Maskiev that you know they believed that King was in Tyson's ear at the time, and they were saying that, or King King was, uh, they believed King was saying that uh, if Tyson had appeared on Lewis's undercard, he would be undervaluing himself. So you know, I've no idea if that's true or not, but you know that's what Maskiev's team believed. So with Tyson off the card the proposed pay-per-view was off and the show was moved to regular HBO. Uh, as well as that, ticket slices at the Staples Centre were slashed because, you know, the marquee name, Tyson, was off the card. Um, now, as part of an agreed deal that Lewis and Klitschko came to to avoid any litigation, uh, Vitaly agreed to appear on the Lewis-Johnson undercard in a tune-up fight against the then-unbeaten Cedric Boswell. Uh, if he had won that, he would fall. Lewis in December, providing Lewis had uh, beaten Kirk Johnson. <laughs> However, again, there was another twist in the tale because Johnson tore a chest muscle in training and he pulled out of the Lewis fight with only two weeks to go. 
which left Lewis and HBO scrambling to find a substitute and save the show. So, uh, with two weeks to go, Lewis and Klitschko entered into negotiations to fight each other on that date. But there was a lot of doubts about that fight being financially viable. I mean, I know Kerry Davis, the um, the then HBO vice president, immediately poured uh, cold water cold water on the two fighting, saying that without pay per view, it'd be very unlikely that the finance financial demands of all parties would be met. But you know, the two eventually did agree to face each other, and the rest, as they say, is history. So that's just a brief uh, brief background of uh, how that fight came together. Just uh, just to add to what Dave was saying, I actually managed to dig up some uh, some figures um, just on the on the site the site problems as well as, as Dave mentioned about ties might be on the on the undercard. On that understanding, the site fee was offered by the Staples Centre uh, for eight million dollars, and then when Tyson dropped out, I think um, the site fee then fell to three point four million. And then with you say Kirk Johnson following it. Um, I think the, the the site fee was pulled all together. Now you think about what Lewis's purse was. I think it was something like seven million. Klitschko got one point four. The the attendance announced was five fifteen thousand nine hundred thirty nine. Tickets sold eight thousand four hundred ninety. That was according to the commission. Uh, now of those paid, one thousand and twenty four of them were discounted. So you know, tickets sold at full price was seven thousand four hundred sixty six, and uh, tickets given away for free was four thousand eight hundred sixty eight. A gate of just over 2.5 million, so you would think, Dave, that maybe they've, they've lost money on that. Yeah, you'd think so, yeah, definitely. Just going to add, actually, just as you mentioned about Mike Tyson was meant to be on that card, he was actually arrested on the Saturday morning. Now, if you go and watch the HBO broadcast of it, Bob Costas actually gives a, a kind of funny story on it and basically breaks it down as to how it happened and stuff. Basically, Tyson was arrested for fighting with two guys outside a Brooklyn hotel. And uh, I think, as you say, as Dave, it was, uh, I forget roughly when the, the rematch was meant to happen again, as, as you said, though, but um, Tyson was basically saying he needed a tune-up fight, and then yeah. Costas obviously says that he says, well, hopefully the two guys he was fighting outside the hotel wasn't part of that tune-up. But uh, was, <laughs> was, it, was it that fight outside the hotel that cost him getting jailed for a second time? Possibly. Um, I'm not really sure. But I, I remember Tyson do. I remember Tyson getting jailed around that time period, but I can't remember exactly, you know, when it was. Um, but yeah, I mean that the Lewis Tyson fight was talked about for June of 2003. But as you mentioned, then the Tyson did say he wanted a couple of tune-ups first, and I think the plan was to have that tune-up fight and then fight Lewis to come to some agreement. Because actually, if you remember before their first fight in 2002, not to go too off topic here, but uh, Tyson wanted to fight Ray Mercer in January of 2002 and actually Lewis vetoed that he said no you're, you're not fighting Ray Mercer if you fight Ray Mercer the, air, well, they, the then April date of 2002 was off later moved to June 8 2002 but uh, yeah so you know Tyson was uh, definitely, want, Tyson definitely I, wanted a two shot uh, his IBF title as well remember going into the fight that you know I think the IBF had basically called for the Chris Bird mandatory yes and then uh, Lewis ended up vacating the title yeah. See, I mean, I mean, that's part of it as well. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to steal uh, Kurt's goal as well, because I'm sure he has his say on this as well. But, you know, there's there's a lot of hypocrisy, you know, all throughout Lewis's career, which kind of irks a lot of people, and it kind of annoys me as well. I mean, for years he complained about, you know, Rick Bow dropping a title and freezing him out, and, you know, Mike Tyson mm -hmm. did the same thing in 96. But he did the exact same thing during his career. I mean, he dropped, he kept, was... A federal judge technically stripped him of fight of the WBA rather than fight, WBA title rather than fighting John Ruiz 
he, he dropped the title, dropped the IBF title rather than fighting Chris Bird. As mentioned uh, in my brief uh, summary of the background between Lewis and Klitschko, he pissed Klitschko around something rotten, you know, when Klitschko was the WBC number one contender. So, you know, Lewis was, was guilty of the same things that Lewis complained yep. that the likes of Bo and Tyson were doing, you know, just... just Same with talks with the rematch, wasn't it? Same for talks with the rematch. Same with talks with the rematch. I mean, that, that lingered on until about February 2004 when Lewis eventually... Uh, announced his retirement, you know, so he, the exact same things he criticised the likes of Bo Tyson for, he did the same thing himself. I mean, and you, you, you can argue until the cows come on about the merits of Ruiz and Bord as challengers, but the fact of the matter is they fought their way into a mandatory position. And, you know, Lewis is saying that the likes of Ruiz and Bord weren't uh, viable or worthy contenders, but he, you know, he defended his titles against the likes of Franz Bora. And at the time, okay, Rackman eventually did cause the upset, but when Lewis Rackman was announced, I mean, that fight was derided by everyone, because Rackman at the time was, I think he was coming off uh, a knockout to Maskev. You know, mm. so he, had, he hadn't warranted a title shot. I think it's, it's for fans who are listening and maybe haven't been uh, fans for a, a long time, it's like interesting to see, you know, what, how the, the media and how fans looked at Vitaly Klitschko into the fight, because now, you know, you'll say, you know, him along with his brother and Alex Lewis were the dominant heavyweight champions of the past 15 years, you know, passed on to each other. But at the time, you know, going into that fight, let's be honest, people give Lennox Lewis credit for taking that fight on at short notice, but he, he and the majority of boxing experts looked at that fight as an easy fight for Lennox Lewis. You know, he, he um, Vitali was, was seen as a just a lumbering of, basically, the less talented brother. You know, it was Vladimir Klitschko who HBO was basically, what they're doing with Golovkin now, Vladimir Klitschko was the same kind of guy, though. he was the darling of HBO, he was the one they were trying to push into a Lennox Lewis fight, they were um, showing all his fights, he was fighting a few American guys and he was crossing over to Germany and America to fight, and it was only when he, he lost to Corey Sanders that that basically ended a, a chance of a um, Lennox Lewis fight. But Vitali was seen as the lesser brother, and he was the guy who he'd only had two names in his record going into the lose fight: Herbie Hyde and Chris Bird. And both of those guys, obviously, huge disadvantages in size, power, next to the guy. And one of those fights he lost, and the fight that he lost was actually shown on HBO to Chris Bird, where he was winning, but he pulled out of a shoulder injury, and you know he was he was basically booed out of the arena by his own fans. Larry Merchant really gave him a lot of stick that night. If you watched the if you watched the <laughs> fight, he really, you know, and basically, no one thought he he had the stomach or the heart for a fight. You know, it's hard to again hindsight, but if you think Klitschko, now, you know, whatever you think of him, you know, he's a hard fucker. But at the time, going into that fight, he was seen as when the going gets tough, you know, he'll get going. And um, so Lennox Lewis picked that fight, yeah, and you know, he had to take the fight really because when Kirk Johnson was injured. He had no option. He, he didn't, you know, at that stage of his career, I don't think Lennox Lewis wanted to cancel a fight and then fight Vitali four or five months down the line, more training, more waiting around. You know, he thought he could get get rid of the mandatory then, and then set his sights on a Mike Tyson rematch, a Roy Jones fight, which is laughable, and it's just a money-making fight. And yeah, so going into that fight, I think, you know, Vitali was taking the massive step up, and Lennox Lewis, I think, did the same kind of thing he did with Haskin Ratman. He, he, he thought this guy was an absolute joke, and he would he'd, he'd beat the heart out of him pretty easily. And um, you know, as we all get into the fight, it didn't turn out that way. I think, guys, just 
uh, coming off the back of Kurt's point there, actually, it's a good one. I'm wondering what you guys think about the physical condition in that case that Lennox Lewis came in, because he was coming towards the end of his career, obviously, which was borne out afterwards, the fact that he uh, he retired after, after Klitschko without giving him a rematch, but he came in the heaviest of his career. This was his 18th world heavyweight title fight in, in, in total, and he'd knocked out Rackman in the rematch, he'd knocked out Tyson, so he was on reasonable enough form coming into this one. But he tried to avoid Klitschko, but then he took the risk, and I give him credit for that, but the fact of the matter was, despite whatever he says and whatever Emmanuel Stewart says, he wasn't in good physical condition. He clearly was blowing, he was throwing the big shots from the start, he wanted to get Klitschko out there, because I don't think he, he trusted his stamina. He just looked like a guy who had one foot in the door to retirement, and... Um, he just, he just wasn't fit, despite what he said at the end. What, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I'd agree. I, I'd agree with that, Steve. And you know, I'd also, you know, I'd, I'd agree with Kurt's point as well. That I mean, I do give Lewis. You have to give Lewis uh, credit for taking the risk of fighting Fishko. I think was it ten days out to come to an agreement to fight. But I also think it was somewhat of a calculating move by Lewis because. He had to fight Klitschko anyway. I mean, they had a deal in place to fight in December of that year. That that was a legally binding uh, thing to avoid any uh, pending lawsuits by Team Klitschko. So I think in Lewis's mind, uh, you know, Klitschko agreed to fight on the undercard to Lewis. What well, it was then Lewis Johnson around May. So that was like it was only a few weeks before the Lewis Klitschko fight uh, took place. So it wasn't a full training camp by Vitaly. Whereas Lewis was, was supposedly in training for uh, a fight with uh, Kirk Johnson. That fight was announced back in March. So, like, he had a full training camp. Now, as you said, what he was doing in that training camp, I have no idea. Maybe playing chess for all those weeks, I have no idea. He knew he was going to bang Johnson out, basically, like we all know. That's, that's it, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Lewis, Lewis is, what, 18 stone, four and a half? I mean, crazy weight. But, I mean, there were some people at the time who were saying that it was a calculated move by Lewis uh, to win it that much as well, because... They said that uh, Lewis was um, better, always better against bigger men. You know, we saw him against like some Michael Grant, what he did to Michael Grant, and that Lewis with the extra weight would be more powerful. But I think most wise uh, box analysts w w would would have raised a few eyebrows. I know I did at the time. You know, Lewis being so heavy and he didn't look cut either. He did look flabby. You know, so he definitely wasn't in tip top shape. Uh, Klitschko, the consummate pro uh, professional, I think he was only, um, I think he was consistent enough. I don't remember his weight at the, at the time, but I think it was consistent enough, maybe two or three pounds above. But, uh, you know, he looked he looked ripped. I mean, he's, Klitschko's are always in shape, aren't they? You know, they, they're the consummate professionals. They're always, they're always um, in the gym. Whereas Lewis, you know, as you said, coming towards the end of his career, how seriously was he taking the potential, the proposed Kirk Johnson fight? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the way it suggests he wasn't uh, training a full throttle. Well, it took was... his foot. It took his foot off the gas, and the Andy uh, ah. against Hasim Rackman in South Africa. He was coming in against Johnson. He was a small guy. He'd been found out in his only title opportunity. I remember it wasn't it John Ruiz. He he got disqualified for low blows. He'd been found out. Johnson Lewis knew what he was going to get, and I think that was the reason behind it. He he, it's, he was skipping in training. I think. Yeah, the, the thing is as well as me, I think when uh, when it was all said and done, Lewis walked away with something like $150 million or something in earnings. 
So you can understand if he's, he's you know, obviously his heart's not one at 38 year old, been on top for, you know, so many years, 18 title uh, defences. But if you think about it as well, two years before he was basically, you know, saying that Vitaly had, he's had no heart, he's just, he's not got the heart of a champion. You know, he wouldn't have quit against Bird to be had to get carried out in a stretcher. Basically saying that he would have Vitaly for, for breakfast and then uh, Vladimir for lunch and stuff. But, you know, you're right. I mean, he was definitely out of shape. I mean, if you look at the first two rounds of the fight, you know, if you look at Lewis's jab over his career, it was always sharp. Um, it was he's just, especially in the first round. It looked like he, he was just basically pushing his punches out. There was just no snap whatsoever. I even thought that uh, Vitaly even maybe even out jabbed him the, the first few rounds, and yeah. then you know just going into round two. I mean that, that's where I, I think that is where the fight just basically just turned into an absolute dogfight because obviously that early there was. I know the guys are going to talk about the, the right hand, but there were actually two right hands that, that actually landed before that. You know, I think it was like a solid right hand early in the, early in the round, and there was one like 30 seconds later. Uh, we were under two minutes left. He's basically, you know, he had another stiff right hand, and Lewis, you know, Lewis was badly, badly rocked. But if you look at the, if you look at the end of that second round as well, when it came down to the actual part, if Lewis was sharp enough, and he did at times. When he was sharp enough with a jab, he absolutely stunned Klitschko. And if you look at the end of the second round, actually, even though it was a clear round for Klitschko, he actually hit him basically on slightly wobbly legs with a jab. Yeah, there, were, there was a stiff jab, you're right, in the, uh, near the end of the round, which definitely buckled Vitaly's legs. But I think as well what caused Lewis problems was uh, Vitaly, I mean, OK, he's not the most uh, graceful of boxers, I mean, speaking classically, you know, of, of mm-hmm. how boxers look. But... He's definitely got like a, he definitely had like a very awkward style, and I think Lewis had problems kind of figuring him out. Um, as you said, like I mean, Lewis he was all over the place at times, wasn't he? He was missing widely with shots, and his balance was awful at times. Um, I'm sure the weight didn't help as well, you know. But um, he was and, windy. as you said, he was basically windy after he, that second round. He, he was just never really recovered because he's he was flat footed. He just stood there and just slugged it out. He'd been out the ring for a year as well at that yeah. point, hadn't he? No drink for a year, and you know, he, as Andy was saying there, I mean, he was gasping for air at times. And I, Joe, I think the, the, one of the big problems Lewis had in that fight, Lewis was always in all his fights throughout his career, he was always the physically stronger uh, man in the ring. I mean, his physical strength was immense, and you know, he used to always bully fighters, you know, by leaning on top. It was one of his uh, tactics, he'd always lean on fighters, sap their energy. But I think in this fight, he actually met his physical equal because Italy was. Very, very strong, and at times when they were up close in clinches, Vitaly was actually pushing Lewis around, pushing him back, and bullying him. I think that shook Lewis uh, mentally, as I, it was the first time I think in Lewis's career that uh, he, he'd had that happen to him. It's crazy, though. So, sorry, Kurt. It's crazy that um, you know Lewis did come in in that shape. I mean, obviously, as well, he was preparing for another fight, but at the same time as he, you know, I don't know if he probably knew that Klitschko was coming down the line at some point, so he knew. You know, it was expected by the camp basically that you know against physically imposing guys bigger than him or maybe the same size as Lewis, he actually was more aggressive. You know, he did he did start uh, the fight quite aggressive, but then he, he quickly shot down again. As I say, he was, he was slow with his punches and stuff. But um, you know, you just wonder if you know basically underestimated the actual strength of the guy because you know we'll, we'll get into the, the the guts of the fight itself. But there was times, as you say, when even though when when uh, when Klitschko was hurt. Um, he was still able to force uh, Lewis back. Yeah, and he was making Lewis work as well. And as you say, I mean, Lewis was breathing heavy a lot. And yeah, I, I, I just, I just think that 
you know, Klitschko's awkward style. I mean, I just think Lewis had problems kind of adapting to that. Now, we'll, as you said, we'll get more into the fight in a, in a bit. I think Lewis was starting to maybe figure out Klitschko, but he was so, so tired in that fight, wasn't he? And, you know, we'll, we'll get to the what would have happened um, if the cut had, if, if had in the force of stoppage in a little bit, but he was so, so tired in that fight, Lewis, wasn't he? Yeah, I think just bringing Kurt in, I think, sorry Dave, I was going to say just bringing Kurt in there, I mean, as good a time as any to get into the fight, Andy's mentioned the first couple of rounds, I was going to ask Kurt actually, considering some of the hellacious punches that um, Lewis took in the first couple of rounds, do we think that um, that answered the questions, that it dogged him throughout his career about his chin? I mean, some of the punches Vitaly caught him with, there was nothing wrong with his chin from what I could see. No, I think the shot in the second round really hurt him, and I think he, he stunned him for a while, and I think he, he took him a while to, to really come round for that, even maybe the next round he was still hurt from it because he looked very sloppy afterwards. Taking this at two weeks' notice and gets it with a right hand, and Lewis wants the hold. He's hurt by that. He wanted a hold. Klitschko has got him a bit wobbly here. Lewis is in trouble here in round two. The fact that he took it, you know, and he, and, you know, he, yeah, he was knocked out, and I think that's an unfair label at Lewis. I mean, when big guys hit you on the chin, you know, and let's be fair, you know, the shot that Hassan Ratman hit him with, and Ratman could punch, yeah, he shouldn't have been hit with a punch like that, a guy of his, you know, quality, but he did, and once you get caught with a shot like that, you're going to go down. It's Simon McCall, I mean, he, he, he was sloppy when he got caught with that punch, that right hand as well, so, you know, the fact is, Klitschko, he's not the puncher his brother is, but he's still a big man and he can still punch. And, you know, he's more of an accumulative puncher who breaks down, but that punch was, he caught him square on the button. I mean, it was a perfect, you know, perfect landing where it hit and um, Lewis took it. And I think, you know, he took a lot of big shots and, you know, we know Vitaly's got a great chin. I think, unfairly, Lewis gets a lot of stick for his chin, but I think his chin is, is, is good and it showed in this fight. And it showed in other fights as well, but yeah, you've got a good chin. And I think in terms of, Vitaly, I think he surprised um, Lewis the way he fought because I think if if you look at Klitschko's style, he's a he's a bit of a weird style. He, you can see why people look at him as like a bit of a lumbering elf. He's got that same uh, Prima Camera kind of style where he leans back as he jabs and he's you know he doesn't look like he's, you know he, he's just got, he's just weird. His footwork's not very good, but it's it's effective. And I think Lewis was expecting him to be a bit. You know, back off, you know, try and, you know, stay on the outside. And, but I think he surprised him by looking to land big punches early. And I think Lewis was surprised by that. And also the fact that Klitschko just wasn't intimidated. Like I said, now we, we know that's 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 Vitaly Klitschko. But at the time, I think people were expecting him to crumble, you know, at, at the mm. big fight against Lewis. You know, the yeah. fans now, you know, it's hard to believe that. But at the time, after the Chris Bird performance, you know, he was so heavily criticised. And when, when a guy quits on his stall because of an arm injury when he's ahead in the fight against a guy, you know, 40 pounds lighter than him who can't punch very hard. You know, questions obviously asked, but, you know, I think he, he regrets that now. And, you know, it was a, it was a mistake, but, he, you know, he proved more than in, in this fight that, you know, he had all the heart and, you know, he's as tough as they come. He took a decision, didn't he, against Bird, I think. It was his rotator cuff that went. I think he took a, a decision about the longevity of his career. Not yeah. that I want to segue off into that, but I think he made the right decision in that case because his brother gave Bird a beating. He went on to have a long, illustrious career where he showed that he had the heart. I think that was a calculating decision. At the time, I can understand why people, including the Americans, criticised him for it. But in hindsight, I think he made the right decision against Bird quitting, quote-unquote. Take it easy, take it easy. Is it hurting? 
It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Er macht gar nicht mehr. Es ist vorbei. Okay, it's over. We are giving up. It hurts too much. No, it's okay. Don't worry. Wait a minute. Are They're stopping it. They are. That's that's exactly what Cordelius Wetter just told us. I can't believe what I've just seen. Vitaly Klitschko elects not to go on with his left hand apparently too damaged to continue. And Chris Bird gets a victory. Chris Bird taking a fight on 10 days notice. Retrieves a portion of what he lost last year against Akibayabuchi. Vitaly Klitschko and mysteriously dropping out of a fight in which he appeared headed toward an easy victory. He doesn't have the mentality of a champion. I can hardly believe what I just saw. You have a bad hand, so what? I couldn't believe my ears when I heard interpreter Cornelius Vinter repeating what he heard out of Klitschko's corner, but indeed, it was a perfect interpretation. He was exactly right. Klitschko and his team deciding not to go... He said, he said that he actually tore the rocket out of the cuff in the fourth round of that fight, and you know how Lewis basically says, oh, he's not got a champion to fight on. Did you say Larry Merson, uh, at the start of the show? He'd actually gave him jump for it as well, but um, I suppose if, if, he's, if, he, if it's truly done it in the fourth round, he's lasted till the tenth, um, I don't think you can basically question his heart. He said he said the pain was unreal, and I mean you can only imagine what it was. I mean for a man like Vitaly to say it, I mean it must have been absolutely uh, blinding. And I mean and he said to fight on for about four or five more rounds. I mean that just you know tells you the character of the man in itself. And and you got to think as well. He quit in that fight when he said the pain was unreal, and you know you can understand the criticism. But he's got one of the worst cuts I've ever seen in boxing. And he's got a man like to almost 260 pound Lennox Lewis punching him on that eye. The fight could have been stopped in the third round, in all honesty. But you've got a yeah. guy like Lennox Lewis punching him in the head in that on that same spot. And at the end of the fight, when it's fights over, what's he saying? He's screaming no, no, and he wants to fight on. So I think you know it was just a freak accident. You know, in both his losses, he, he was unfortunate, really, wasn't he? Well, yeah. did you see the, 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 the sorry, Dave, when you go, mate? Oh, sorry, Andy. Yeah, just 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 on Kurt's point there. I mean, he, he made a very good point. Uh, about uh, Klitschko's uh, 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 possibly freezing on the big stage because I know that was a talk at the time from Team Lewis. They genuinely believed that Klitschko would crumble under the big stage. Um, so I mean, I, I think that that may have been that may have played a factor as well in Lewis taking the fight because they they saw this guy Klitschko. You know, he'd been fighting in you know probably the second division to be fair. I mean, outside of Herbie Hyde. Uh, Bird fight, which you just mentioned, and maybe Larry Donald. Vaughn Bean, yeah, it was the second division, wasn't Vaughan, it? He was fighting. Yeah, Vaughan, Vaughan yeah. Bean, you know, sec second tier, you know, second tier. Uh, yeah, anyways, he hadn't fought anywhere near this level of a uh, uh, level of um, fighter in Lewis, uh, who was still at, who was still an outstanding champion. Obviously, past his best, still an outstanding champion. And, and also, there was talks. Yeah, there was talks, as you said, Kurt, that or that Fischko would crumble under the the, the the big pressure, the big spotlight. Of such a of such a big fight. Yeah, and I think what made Lewis more confident is seeing the more talented or supposed talented brother getting destroyed by Kyrie Sanders three months earlier. 
well, if that's the more talented brother, what's this guy going to be like? You know, and I think that's good point. Good point. Yeah. I mean, it was, heavy, it, was heavy, it was heavily favoured. Lewis going into it, as you say. I mean, there was no substance to, to Klitschko's resume at that time as well. But just just going back to the fight, I mean, even though you know, as I say, he, he won the second round, Klitschko, and then as, as Kurt mentioned, the cut Hartman in the in the third round, it was a very bad cut. But at the same time, as you know, Lewis was still on steady legs. But you know, he came out there and he actually put, he tried to put it on him. And it did turn into a bit of a, a bit of a street fight, a kind of barroom brawl. You know, some toe-to-toe action in there. You know, with some good good right hands. I did I did think that maybe Lewis probably just shaded that round. But um, I just the third round was it? Yeah, the third round. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I gave that round to Lewis. I, there's the only two rounds I gave to Lewis for the third round, and obviously the last round as well. He got the jab and the left hook going, didn't he, in the third round? I think before yeah. obviously the I mean, he did. and I think. The cut happened. Should was calling for the left hook as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. He, he, was, cut... he was getting it. I think he landed it late on in that round, actually. Yeah, yeah. Was I think the, the cut. The, the left hand, think... sorry, Dave. The, the yeah. left hand, it, it sort of slashed through with like a thumb follow through, and it, it it really slashed the eye open, Dave. I mean, it was one of the worst cuts, if not the worst cut I think I've ever seen. Well, the punch was odd, wasn't it? He was leaning punch back, wasn't he, Klitschko? It was, like, right, uh, it was right at the start yeah, of the round. Was... If you look at it, it was a three-punch combination. I'm sure it was the right hand. It was the right hand, but it was like the wrist, or near the wrist, or right, near maybe the just, thumb. It's maybe just came up, it's maybe just came up like uh, the palm of the glove. Yeah. Maybe just, through, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, with the laces, maybe. Because it, 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 yeah, I like the laces, Andy, because it, like, it, it's, it, it kind of slapped off Klitschko's eye, and you could see by the shape of the cut as well. It wasn't uh, your typical... Cut that's caused by a punch, you know. It's like a T. It's like a T over the Paddy's uh, left eye. Otherwise, it might signal the end of his hopes in the fight. He looks dispirited all of a sudden. Oh, it's terrible. It's oh, terrible. A really, really bad cut. That's oh, a horrible gash, which might signal the end of the fight. Is he going to be able to carry on with that? And the, the, you know, the gloves looked odd as well, didn't they? It was like there was a red tape around the gloves. There wasn't the, the, the traditional, you know, white tape around the gloves. I don't even know if there, were, there was tape. Well, I but, noticed, you know, I noticed it, about, about California fights, actually. They seem to use blue and red tape for, for actually tape up the gloves. Yeah. So, and there, there may have been like some sort of like jagged edge around Lewis's glove or something, but it, you know, it, did, it didn't look like, you know, a typical punch. It was like a, like a slashing type punch, uh, kind of like a freak shot, but... It opened and it opened. It kind of deflected it off. It came a bit like deflected. It maybe just kind of brought the wrist in, into that part of the eye. It did, yeah. And it was, but it opened up an horrendous cut. I mean, it's probably, I don't know, I don't know what you guys think, but probably like the worst cut I've ever seen. I, I think it, it was the major. worst one, yeah. I think it was the worst one I've ever seen. I mean, afterwards, they uh, Sky Sports interviewed the ringside physician afterwards, and he said to the camera, the corner people did a very good job in controlling the bleeding throughout uh, the fight. The problem was not the blood. Usually 95-99% of the time it's because a cut is bleeding into the eye and the boxer is unable to see. In this particular case the lid uh, was detached uh, to a point that he needed to tilt his head to be able to see. Therefore wouldn't be able to see, um, pick up a punch that would come such like a, a hook. Um, so there was no other option uh, in that case, even though he may have felt okay, even though he may feel as though that he could have ad uh, adapted to the situation, uh, he wouldn't have cleared under any uh, criteria to be able to continue. 
Because I remember the Sky commentary were very critical of the cutsmen in the corner, but Jesus Christ, what could you yeah, do? At first they were, at first they were, but then as the, afterwards, I think Joe Ian Dark actually went back on that and 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 started to say he thought Joe Souza were doing a good job. I was going to ask you guys, yeah, actually, because, what do you think? Because they stopped Joe the blood. Yeah, yeah. This, this, sorry, Andy. Yeah, this, they stopped the blood uh, in the fourth round. Then they actually stopped the blood flow. But in the fifth round again, Lewis uh, lend, was lending continuously. Around, around that side of Klitschko's face, he opened up a couple of more cuts and reopened that wound, and the blood just started flowing uh, profusely. Then, when when the cut happened, I think George Foreman on the HBR broadcast he said someone's bleeding. I think Lampley initially said it was Lennox Lewis, yeah, and it, then it became obvious it was Klitschko. But you just think it's a, he's still fighting normally; he's not really wiping his face. He just think, oh, it's not a bad cut. He's just you know caught a punch, obviously. And when he sits down in his stall and HBR's camera zooms in. I think everyone just thinks, oh my God, you know, and it's, it's a terrible cut. And I think if you read the um, the New York Times afterwards, they interviewed the uh, plastic surgeon and he had to, he said it was 60 stitches on five cuts, four on his face and one in his mouth. I mean, that just, it just tells you all, all of it. I mean, and the fact is the fight could have been stopped then if, the, you know, a lot of referees would have looked over there and said, this, this can't continue. I mean, it's a gaping wound. That's the only wound we can see, but he's obviously got three or four other cuts in, you know, around his face as well. And I mean, he can he can see, but I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible gash. And you got to think the guy is obviously going to go for it as well. He's going to try and land punches on it. And I mean, he's it, the worst cut I think I've seen. And um, it, it's a shame because the fight was, I mean, the fight. It's I mean, can you think another great heavyweight fights, you know, since then between two, you know, what you'd say, top heavyweights? I mean, we've seen, you know, good fights between less lesser competition, but two top guys like that? I think anybody just talking about bad eye cuts and stuff, anybody remember Izzy Vasquez in the fourth fight against Rafael Marquez? Yes, yes, Israel was, Vasquez, yeah, yeah. That was pretty horrid, that one. He's like, paid the price for it now, hasn't he? Badly, uh, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't a cut, but... Margaritas and it's Pacquiao's man. I mean, that's yeah. still you can still see it now. All these years later, what he did to him. Edwin Valero, although it was an eye cut. If you look at remember Edwin Valero against Tony DeMarco, um, it was obviously it was right at the top of the the hairline. I don't know if anyone ever seen yeah. that. I think that was yeah. well, one of the category one one of the the categorizing factors I think about the cut is obviously is it bleeding into the eye? And I mean this one, it was bleeding yeah. into the eye from every single angle. I think exactly. I don't. He could, but the thing was with Klitschko though, after that in the fourth, it didn't deter him. He actually got busy in the fourth round, and Lewis yeah. seemed to be blowing again. Yep, definitely. I mean, I, I thought if you look at the fourth round, Lewis is basically falling him, you know, running about the ring. You know, just going back to the cut itself, you know, Joe Souza did everything he could. I mean, he's in there with a the Q-tip just trying to stem the blood flow. If you look at the, if you look at the actual eyelid, in the, you know, in the sixth round, which we'll get to, um, you know, it's literally hanging off. There's nothing else he could do with it. Apart from put, like, say, a bit of tape on it as a, as a kind of like temporary stitch, which he wouldn't have been allowed to do in a fight. You know, there was, you know the reasonable thing was to stop the fight, but... Again, you think to yourself, you've got a fighter here who's actually winning the fight. You know how far do you let it go on? It's it's one of those things. Where it's it's fights like that actually. It, it makes you test your actual true love and how sick you are actually because yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Does anybody dispute the stoppage first of all? I mean, anyone think that it should have no. been allowed to continue? No. 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 no, I, no. I don't think so either. I don't think so. I think I think Klitschko fans get in. You know, they, they say, oh, it's a bad stoppage. The thing is, the fight should have been stopped. What is the annoying and frustrating thing is there should have been a rematch. That's that's the annoying yeah, thing. That's the fact is, the rematch would have settled it with two guys who are both training for each other. The, the fight was legitimately stopped. It could have been stopped after three rounds. I think I think 
the the cutsman did the best job he could, and I think he did a fine job. I mean, some of the rounds it weren't looking as bad, you know, it weren't bleeding as bad as it was. But then, obviously, when you're getting punched, it's going to start again. But I think my problem was with Klitschko's corner was uh, Fritz Aduni. I don't think there was any urgency in his corner. I think he should have looked at that cut and said, "Fatale, you've got to knock this guy out. You got you you'll have you know a few rounds maximum. You've got, you've just got to blast this guy out. He's tired. You know, he's lumbering all over the place. He's there for the taking." The rest not going to let you let you continue. You've got to go and blast him out. And there was none of that. It was all like, I'll work behind the jab, throw the right hand, keep out of it. You know, he's right. It was like, yeah, we're going to win on points. And yeah, I could see them winning on points. I think Lewis won the one that fight. But the guy's got, a, you know, the worst cut you've seen. They're, they're not going to let it go. And he can't go 12 rounds with it. You know, there was no, there seemed no like urgency at all. It was just like they could win the fight on points, they believed, even with the cut. And it was just never going to happen. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the question was put after round five, or during round five, you know, I think even Foreman maybe even commented on the HBO broadcast that, you know, Lewis is ready to go, ready to be taken, and then Jim Lampley popped up and says, just basically just put the question out there, could Vitaly finish the fight with that eye? And the merchant just, you know, as he did so many times in the past, just put a wee, a wee comment in there, kept it straight, and just says, Jim, I don't think, it looks like to me both couldn't finish the fight. They, yeah. they were fucked after round five. Vitali, Vitali was very tired, but I think Lewis in particular was absolutely exhausted. Yeah, I, I mean, so. the, the telling, the, te the telling thing for me. I mean, just to fast forward to the end of the fight, the telling thing for me was at the end of the sixth round, Lewis collapsed on his stool. He didn't sit down. He absolutely collapsed. His legs collapsed from under him. He was exhausted. Now, when the fight was stopped, Klitschko immediately jumped up and was running around the ring. On the, opposite, on the opposite side of the corner, Lewis was still collapsing, he's still gasping for air. I'm even wondering, could he have even got off his stool for the seventh round? And it yeah. was, it, it was such a great fight, it was such an unsatisfactory ending as well. I mean, like you said, Lennox Lewis didn't look like a winner. I mean, I know Vitaly had the huge cut, but he was getting cheered from the crowd, his fists were raised, he was, you know, getting on the, the rope, celebrating. Lewis just looked dejected as if, you know, yeah, I got away with it, but I haven't, that's not a satisfaction. And that's why I'm surprised he, he retired on that, because, you know, if you think of someone like, you know, even someone like Carl Frotch retiring on, you know, that punch against Groves, it's it's a perfect ending for him. But with, with I think with Lewis, he was like, I got away with it, and I, I don't really fancy that again, to be honest. You know, I'm at my age, and I don't fancy another training camp against this, this guy, and I think he knew he got away with it, but he didn't look happy, and I... You know, I think his post-fight interview showed that how you know angry he was. He seemed very bitter for for a guy who's just defended his title and won. Yeah. You know, he didn't. He he, he he didn't. He seemed like he seemed like he'd the one who's got um, you know, got stopped on a cut or stopped on a technicality kind of thing. Yeah, the way he reacted in the at the, the end. But uh, as I say, he's been. If you go to the six, you know, the eyelid was basically hanging off, and you know, I thought Vitaly started it pretty well. The six, then you know, like Lewis was forcing himself forward. If you watch it, you know, Vitaly's standing, you know, straight, he's just basically square on, and he's just kind of letting, kind of wee silly pity part punches out, and then, as I say, he kind of leans forward, and, you know, it's probably one of the greatest right uppercuts I've ever seen. Uppercut, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, it was like a gun, it was like a starter's pistol going off in the Olympics. He just, the way Klitschko fell into it, he just kind of dropped his head a little bit, and Lewis, it was just more like, a, I don't know if it was a desperation punch, but he just let, he unleashed it, honestly, Christ, and... The crowd noise is oh anybody else? I think any any heavyweight today would probably just with a collapsed, folded off that. Punch. A great great right, right uppercut. Times in his head. Oh, what an uppercut from Lewis! Absolute peach. The Klitschko took that too without going down. 
That was right out of the textbook from Lennox. That was really the punch of the fight. Overcut. That might have been a fight ending punch on another night. The Klitschko showing his bottle here, isn't he now? He really is. With such damage, he's still around the eye, he's still fighting, he's touching good shots, but he's still trying to work hard. It was a similar it was a similar uppercut Andy to the one he decimated Michael Grantwit, wasn't it? And we saw yeah. how Grant we saw how Grant reacted to that. But Klitschko somehow stood upright after taking it. I don't know how he did it, but I mean as I said he did link forward but he he did stay upright. The legs didn't go. I mean he was hurt obviously, he hung on, but how he stayed upright I'll never know. It was an unbelievable uppercut. And I just think it's great when you watch this fight back and hopefully you know the, the listeners watch it back and people who maybe never watched it before watch it back. But to see a heavyweight fight in the United States as well, you know, with the crowd into it, you know, as if it, you know, the heavyweight division has produced a lot of stinkers from the top guys over the years, but to see two big guys going at it and the crowd are just so into it, you know, you said it's like a barroom brawl and the crowd just wanted more and it, it's just great to see and it's a shame that, you know, we don't see more of that and that's why the heavyweight division has become, you know, less of interest to a lot of people, sadly. You see, the I mean, was, was, at that uh, time, was it not to me, see, sorry Dave, she's just going to, I know we're going to get in the aftermath of the fight, maybe Lewis's retirement and stuff, but, you know, at that time, Lewis still wasn't being respected at that time, and, you know, I still, well, okay, Tyson's well passed it, you know, they still, going into that fight, Klitschko was very, very underrated. I think, it just just drifting into the post-fights, actually, guys, I think Ian Dark on Sky Sports summed up Lennox Lewis's display quite well. I thought he said, Lewis showed championship quality, but this is not a fighter at his peak anymore. This is around the age that Joe Lewis and Muhammad Ali came apart at the seams. I'm not saying Lewis really came apart at the seams. That's too strong of an assessment. But I think Dark saw that the writing was on the wall. And as I said at the beginning, the fact that Lewis didn't fight again, like Kurt says, I just didn't, don't think he had the stomach for the camp, and I'm not holding that against him as a criticism because he was a great champion, he had a great career, but um, he just walked away with his money and he didn't want to fight Klitschko again, which is unsatisfactory, but that's his prerogative at the end of the day. It is his prerogative, but, I mean, as Kurt said, I mean, it's not exactly the best way for a champion to go, is it? I mean, I think it left more questions than answers. And as Andy said as well, I mean, Klitschko wasn't really didn't really get the respect he was due either. I mean, he fought Kirk Johnson at the end of the year in an eliminator, and there was lots of talks of Johnson uh, having to beat the Klitschko, believe it or not. You know, they said that Joe Johnson had the speed and it caused problems, and, you know, Johnson was talented. But <clears throat> like Lennox Lewis, I think Kirk Johnson came in a terrible way as well, didn't he? I mean, he was yeah. mostly overweight. didn't look like he trained a lick for that fight. And Vitaly destroyed him, didn't he? Didn't he destroy him? him dispatched him about two yeah. rounds effortlessly. Johnson was in terrible shape. I but, think um, um, Vladimir actually, Dave, played quite a key role at the end of the fight. I think just talking about the in-ring the in shenanigans, obviously things got a little bit, I wouldn't say nasty, it got a bit pantomime, everyone started pushing and shoving. Um, yeah. Lennox seemed quite reserved, he was relieved it was over. Vladimir actually sort of calmed Vitaly down a little bit. Vitaly was running around yeah. the, the ring shouting 9-9, nine, nine, and I thought Vladimir did quite a good job actually. Yeah. Well, what happened was, uh, if I remember correctly, Vitaly went over to Lewis and said, rematch. And Lewis didn't really give him an answer. He actually turned his back when Vitaly said that. 
and that really seemed to annoy uh, and he, I think he got his glove and started smacking Lewis in the shoulder a few times. And yeah, he started saying, you promise or something like that? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like, he wanted him to look at the camera and say there was going to be a rematch, I think. Yeah, he, no, he, 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 when Lewis turned his back, Kitschko said, look at me, look at me. And he wouldn't look at him. And you know, Vitaly then uh, <laughs> punched him a couple of times in the shoulder and had to pull <laughs> Vitaly away. I mean, Vitaly, I mean, he's a gentleman outside the ring, a really cool guy. Well, um, he's a bit—he's a bit of a—he's a bit of a hothead when when the when the going gets tough. I mean, even when even when Corey Sanders knocked out Vladimir, I mean, he got a bit animated as well. I think. Even when Kiev's on the on the, uh, on flames, he's fucking walking through fucking black clouds to do war, man. Oh, that, those photos, man, are are boss. They really he's are. Not, he's not the type of guy you, you just fuck with, is he? Really, let's be honest. But I think you know, David mentioned there about Vitaly not getting any respect. Let's be honest. Even after that fight, he was still shit on. And it's incredible to believe now, but when he fought Danny Williams, Boxing oh, Monthly ran a poll, and Danny Williams, with boxing experts, and they picked Danny Williams to beat Vitaly Klitschko. Yeah. And so, you know. Beat down. Graham Houston actually said it was a 50-50 fight, and that, <laughs> and that he had no idea who was going to win. I mean, I couldn't believe... I don't, again, we don't want to get, go off too off topic, but I guess that's what we do as well, isn't it? <laughs> but um, um, it's hard to believe now that people saw that anything other than a one-sided mismatch, but a lot of, if, you read, if you read a lot of the hype and a lot of the press leading into Kitschko-Williams, a lot of people thought Williams could beat Kitschko. I couldn't and believe it at the time. To me, it was, it was going to be a one-sided oh, massacre. Yes. And and that's, think, what, that's what it's going to be. I think Steve's point as well, I think about Lewis retiring and it being, you know, he's, he's right to do that, which is fine. I, I'd have no problem with retiring. But I think he's constant. You know, he was desperate for a, mm. the Mike Tyson rematch. Now people say, people say, you know, a lot of them don't like the Klitsch guys. They'll say, well, why should he give him Vitali a rematch? He beat him, you know. But he was he wanted desperately to fight Mike Tyson again. That that fight was not competitive for one minute. It Mike Tyson was what twelve years shot at that time. You know, would lose to Danny Williams. You know, a year or two later. And, you know, he wanted that rematch. He wanted Roy Jones, a former middleweight, you know, it would be like 60 pounds less than him in the ring. You know, Roy Jones, yeah, as great as he was, but can you can you imagine them two in the ring together standing next to each other? He wanted that fight, he, yet he didn't want Vitaly, and he kept saying different things. He didn't say after that fight, you know, maybe I'll give him a rematch, but I'm more thinking about retirement. He was saying Mike Tyson, Roy Jones, and he was saying, oh, actually, oh, yeah, I might give him a rematch, but... Let's see if he gets his um, eye cleared first. He gets his eye cleared. Okay, let's fight at the end of the year. Oh, no, I'm not going to fight at the end of the year. Um, I'm going to take a, a break. So then he, Vitaly takes on um, Kirk Johnson on that Spurs day. It knocks him out in two rounds. And then they're still waiting. And then, like, two months later, he says, oh, no, I'm going to retire. So he, he dragged it out for a long time. He, and I think, let's be honest, if Mike Tyson said, yeah, I want a rematch, that rematch would have happened. I think if Roy Jones... I don't think we had any intention of going next to Lennox Lewis, but you know, if Roy Jones had somehow said, "Yeah, I'll take you on," I think that fight would have happened too. It would have, so. it would have done, Kurt, because I think that it, it look. It sounds laughable now, but at the time, um, Adrian Ogan, uh, the business manager of Lennox's company, Lion Promotions, I think he was a much maligned figure towards the end. I don't think he exactly did the very best of jobs, but I'll, I'll leave that to one side. He he stated that they were uh, very much in negotiations with Roy Jones at the moment, even though we have received an offer from Universum for the Klitschko rematch. They were serious about that Jones fight. That wasn't a joke. Yeah, but Jones yeah, I don't, was I don't, I... Tyson, though, wasn't it? And then Tyson says he ended up in jail. Yeah. I, I don't think Jones was ever seriously going to consider no. fighting Lennox Lewis. No. I think I, I, Andy, Andy just said it there. It was Tyson fight he was after. 
would have been a great freak show, but it never happened. I, I, who do you know? Who do you know? His name was thrown into the Roy Jones mix, believe it or not. Corey Sanders. His that fight was talked about for a bit as well. Oh, one punch from him. You know, you know what? You know how I just mentioned Bob Costas at the start of the show. There, you know, just the sign off with, with HBO said, you know, Larry Merchant having a tug of war with the microphone with, with Lennox. Yeah, quite funny stuff. You were telling us a wee kind of funny story. I mean, he was absolutely raging there, wasn't he? Lewis and with Lewis with Merchant. Aye. Oh, big time. I mean, Merchant had this uh, innate gift of just getting under fighters' skin, and he just did that with Lewis after the Kitschko fight. I mean, I think Merchant opened up the uh, post-fight interview with saying um, to Lewis, "Congratulations, Lennox. You said that he had no skill level and that he had no heart. What do you say now? Well, you know, if the fight would have went more." They should have no, the it. fight didn't go more. What happened in the six rounds? What is your impression of him now? It's okay. Hey, what do you want? What do you want me to say? I don't want. I want you to say what you say. It was a much. Was it a harder fight than you anticipated? No, not really. You know, I was getting to him. There's no way he could have finished the fight. If you look at the state of his face. There's no way. He's lucky the fight was stopped. I was just getting to him, and he was just deteriorating anyway. So I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just asking you for your impressions because you seem to dismiss him that he could even compete with you. Well, yeah, of course he can compete with me. That's why he's here in the number one position. Well, I understand you were behind on all the judges' scorecards. Listen, he would have got knocked out the, the next couple of rounds. It was, it was just a matter of time. He was definitely deteriorating. So I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, I'm telling and, you what and, the score is. Huh? I'm, not tell I'm just telling you what the scoring of the officials was. Oh, okay. So, anyway, the, the, referee's, the referee's lucky he stopped the fight. Anyway, look at the state of his face. Yeah, I think that irked Merchant, though, the fact that he was just so not giving him any credit. If Lewis had said, you know, well, yeah, this guy was a lot better than I thought, he's a good fighter, maybe Merchant wouldn't have gone as aggressive, but as soon as he went on the defensive and was saying, oh, this guy's a jar called and knocked him out whenever I wanted, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and he, he even said one thing, like, Merchant said to him, Vitaly's got cheered and you've got booed, and he said something like, I, I don't agree with that, Larry. When the crowd <laughs> is still, you know, booing <laughs> no, in the background. That, that was like, strange, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, I, I, don't, I don't want Dave to tell a story about uh, remember Rachman knocked him out Dave what was it you said after oh, yeah. the fight he goes uh, the B, it was actually BBC who interviewed uh, Lewis because they covered that fight live yeah. and yeah. Uh, Lewis was like um, he was like um, oh I want an immediate rematch because there's no way this guy can beat me it was like yeah he just did then I see him just <laughs> knocked you out <laughs> believe me I just saw the footage he, he knocked you clean out yeah yeah but but I, mean, it's, it's, I, don't, I, I don't want to turn this into a complete Lewis fashion as much as I'm tempted to, but um, you know, a lot of the times in post-fight interviews, he could be just so graceless, just yeah. saying stupid things, not giving any credit to the other guy. That, that's the thing, and he also said, like, you know, the, the, this guy what couldn't handle a dogfight, and I think, oh, I thought the same thing, and then Larry asked him, well, when were you in dogfights? Like, <laughs> I mean, this was a guy who chose to jab to death, you know, a 250-pound tub of lard in David Tua instead of engaging a fight, when he could have probably knocked him out. It's just... You know, Lewis, a lot like, you know, the younger Kuchko brother, played it safe, used, you know, his attributes, which, you know, he's totally fine to do, but he was coming on like he was, you know, some, um, you know, warrior who was in dogfights, and, you know, you just can't really think of any, you know I mean? So, you know, just, just call it out easy, and I think, I think the punch in the second round was still playing on his mind then, because he wasn't talking a lot of sense, and he really came off as a, a bad, you know, he sounds like a bad loser, and he actually won the fight, and, you know, it's strange 
strange comments, really. He was, yeah, he, he was he was immediately on the defensive, and that, I think that tells you a lot. I mean, why would a winner be on the defensive? As Bob Costa says at the end of the HBO broadcast, he says Lennox Lewis has had better success with a microphone than he did handling the fight. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you think we're hating, by the way, then come on now. I think uh, Bob is uh, was telling the truth there, but uh, just to talk about Paul Wallace stuff, you know, he, he, I actually read some comments from him. I know he's mentioned about the about the surgery and that, that he had and stuff, but Wallace apparently says that the, the peak healing time was a hundred days, but he would actually prefer to have mm. seen Klitschko stay at the ring for six months just to let it get you know fully healed. Um, when was he back in the ring again? December. Yeah, six months later. Six months later. There we go. And he only, he only lasted a few more years before he had to retire. Was it injury or something? And he came back and yeah, he was. Was he due to, He was. He was due to fight Rackman, I think. Was it two thousand five? And he I, I, he pulled out a couple of times with what was it? A leg injury back, or something? Yeah, back was, yeah, I think leg first time. I think he pulled out twice. Then leg and back. But I think that was that was a huge blow to the heavyweight division because Lewis was tired. That time of Lewis, yeah, eh? and but you've already got this guy. You know, already here now in Vitali, who looks like he's going to be a tough man to beat for quite a few years. He has a couple of fights, you know, beats Corey Sanders, beats Danny Williams, who really only got there because he, he knocked out Shop Tyson. And then all of a sudden, he's retired as well. And then, from you know, in 2005, the heavyweight division is an absolute mess. You've got four oh. holding a, a title. You've got these guys yeah. from Russia now starting to come over and start to pick up bouts. And I think that was, it was a huge anticlimax because I think there were. Yeah. Fans were hoping Vitali would be the man to carry the division, and you know he came back years later, but he wasn't the same guy because mm. obviously injuries and layoff. The, 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 the Rackman WBC title reign was was something to behold, wasn't it? When he beat Monty Barrett for the interim title, and then he fought <laughs> a shot James Tony, and then he got knocked, he got himself knocked up by Oleg Maskev, and believe it or not, I think that was that was on pay per view in, in America. I mean, it was just a dreadful time for the heavyweight division. Yeah, there were some fun fights, but you had the WBA, you know, tag team. We had Valuev and John Ruiz, then Ruslan Shagarov. They were just passing around the WBA belt, you know, going back and forth. It, you know, Vander Holyfield was still getting in the act as well, you know, who I, who I love, but, you know, he's well past his best. But horrible time, really. But like I said, at the end of the fight, you got. You got the Kutchko brothers in one corner, and you got Lennox Lewis in another. You know that picture there—the three dominant heavyweight champions of the past 15 years, I'd say, all together in the same ring. Yeah, I think final closing comments for me. Um, I think you put it quite well, actually, there, Kurt. It was—I think this fight unsatisfactory ending to a great fight. I think it was just the end of an era. We saw some great names: Joe Souza working Klitschko's corner, Al Gavin, the Kutzman in Lewis's, Harold Shadow Knight. Like I say, it was just the end of an era and uh, a real feisty panel back in Sky Sports before they became a little bit watered down and soulless. We had Jim Watt, Colin Hart and Barry McGuigan all giving it what for and just a great time for the heavyweight division in general. If anyone has any closing comments before we run out, guys, then uh, then uh, jump in now. Although in the Sky Studio, they had Derek Williams for that fight, so... On the night, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, well, so. Just... I, I, when, 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 I just just to add this uh, before, before uh, Andy um, gives his final submission. Um, Derek Williams actually had spent some time in the Lewis camp prior to the Vitaly Kitschko fight. I remember Paul Dempsey in the studio saying, so Derek, um, have you got any uh, inside anecdotes into the uh, Lewis camp? And he was like, uh, uh, well, Lewis isn't planning to lose. He's planning to win. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Derek. <laughs> George, George Foreman at the start of the HBO broadcast at 54 stated he was actually going to return to the ring. Uh, he even spoke about potentially fighting Lewis. 
Yeah, after he saw what happened and stuff, he says, I don't go bother, I go just stay retired. <laughs> Final word to you, Kurt. Yeah, just a, a, a great heavyweight fight between two, you know, top of the top of the uh, top fighters of the division at the time, I'd say, and, um, you know, two dominant heavyweight champions in the end, you know, hindsight's, I think things change so quickly in boxing, you know, a, a win can look better years later, a loss can look, look you know, better or something, and I think in that fight, it's amazing how, you know, at the time, Vitaly was seen as just a, a, basically a big joke, really, and he, you know, what we, what he is now, Lewis, you know, whatever what anyone says about him, and I'm not a big fan, but, you know, he did get the win, legitimately, there should have been a rematch, there's no excuse for the, not the rematch taking place, huge money for the rematch, HBR, the fans, I mean, there's not many heavyweight fights over the past 15 years that, You'd say to any boxing fan, you know, do you really want to see that fight? And they'd say yes. That was one. HBO offered apparently huge money for the fight as well, with Manny Stewart saying, you know, if it, if it all works out, they could make more money than they did for the Tyson fight. You know, and we all know how big that one. So there's no excuse. I mean, I, 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 in, in some ways, I don't blame Lennox because I just personally think at that stage of his career, Vitali had his number, and I think Vitali would have beat him. And Knowing Lewis, I think the type of guy he was, he did not want to end his career on a loss. You know, he'd already suffered a couple of bad losses, and you know, he, he got the win, and that was enough for him. He, he eyed up, you know, Roy Jones, Mike Tyson, you know, fights that he would have seen as easy fights and to retire on. And I don't blame him for not really fancying the the Klitschko rematch. I just wish he hadn't dragged it out and you know kept fans' hopes up with it. But yeah, um, two great fighters and a great heavyweight fight, and hopefully there'll be more to come. Thanks to Kurt Ward there, closing us out. Uh, from me, Steve Wellings, and Andy Patterson and Dave Lee. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of Punches from the Past. And if you haven't seen the Vitaly Klitschko fight against Lennox Lewis, or if you haven't watched it for many years, I would urge you, like all the fights we cover, to go out and look it up. Um, they're all on YouTube, so you'll be able to really enjoy and reminisce a great fight from the past. Uh, we'll catch you again soon, guys. Thanks for listening. If you have any suggestions, we have a list a uh, mile long, but uh, send them in to any of us on Twitter, and we'll speak to you on the next episode. Thank you. I defeat great champion. Sports Social Podcast Network.